Welcome to the Unburden Your Business podcast, where we talk about everything business while giving you tactical tips, tricks, and tools to help you be intentional, create strategies, and take immediate action so that you too can have a life of time and financial freedom. I'm your host, Cassidy Arbelli, and I am so happy that you're here. Let's get to today's episode. Today, we're talking with Monica from Savital, which is a VA company that helps you and your business be able to really make sure you're getting the right people in your business to help you with all the day-to-day stuff. So I'm really excited to have her because this has been a topic not only in our industry, but many industries about how do you find VAs? What kind of things do they do? Um, How does this alleviate anything that you've got? on your plate? How much does it cost? Where do they come from? How do you train them? How do you manage them? All the things, right? So uh, please help me welcome Monica. How are you? I am really good. Thank you so much for having me here, Cassidy. Really excited to have this conversation. I think it's really important because we've talked about helping me get a VA in my insurance agency. We met in person last weekend, which was amazing. And you're so much fun, which I knew you were going to be. And I think there's just so many questions and so much talk about this. And there's such a wide range of things that are happening worldwide and our ability to bring people on, whether that's overseas, in country, in person, remotely, whatever, and really having the ability to set a budget. And we don't always need full-time employees. We don't always need someone who, you know, is going to grow with our company in particular ways. Like we need things to just get sold. And, um, you know, I'm excited to hear about your story and how your company helps and maybe talk about what it's like to be building this business, right? So let's dive in and hear a little bit about your story and how you've grown in entrepreneurship. Certainly. Um, Well, my story is a little rare because I, um, well, I grew up in Puerto Rico and I had no idea what insurance was like it was non-existent in Puerto Rico ever it's still very new there I think you know insurance just broke broke you know ground there maybe a year or two ago maybe um so I wanted to be a doctor I wanted to be a um archaeologist um and you know growing up uh, my mom was a pharmacist. My dad was in the military. I have a couple uncles that are doctors. So I kind of wanted to fall into that medical background. So when I, it was time to go to college, I decided to do a, um, a degree on medical billing with IT, right? Like I wanted to be, I didn't want to, um, a little bit of afraid of the blood. So I was like, well, maybe not, you know, assisting people full-time doing that, but may, I, I did love technology and I've always loved technology. So I, I went to school for that, you know, met my now husband when I graduated from college and he grew up here in Massachusetts. So he decided to move back and then I follow him, um, found a job here, uh, a lab, which was great because he was, you know, medical fields, it was technology, I was assisting um, all the researchers on the technical um, aspect of it. But then I lost my job. 
and I was like, what am I going to do? Right. I was, I was out of the job. I was 20, 22, 20, no, not even. I was 20 when that happened. I, I graduated early from, from college. Um, and when that happened, you know, I saw a job posting with Liberty Mutual, but the job po posting wasn't to sales, wasn't to service. It was more of, we are looking for a technical customer service manager within the research field, right? And I was like, ooh, that's me. I want to work with doctors, right? Um, so I got the job and for a <clears throat> couple, couple years, I worked with uh, Liberty Mutual on the research center for safety. So I learned insurance from a research perspective. Um, and then I loved it so much that I continued to move through Liberty Mutual in the sales roles, in the customer service roles, you know, in the claims. So I kind of experienced the entire company at different levels in different stages of my life. Um, but then my friends decided to open a independent agency and my good friend, um, Tony, who he is now an agency owner, said, you gotta come and work with me um with our team he wasn't an agency owner then and i was like hmm, what you got to offer and he's like i don't i can't offer you anything like this is a new startup but you know i know that you can make it and i was like oh okay so i took the leap i trusted him and um you know we started working um at that independent agency uh up until about a year and a half ago and you know when the company we we grew the company to tremendous heights, it sold. I am very, very happy for the, you know, for the guys that, you know, sold the company. They are now up into better and new things, but it taught me um, everything I needed to know about managing an agency, growing an agency, sales, marketing, everything in between. Um, and then the VAs came into play because the way that we scaled that business in order to get to the level that it got, was um, filling it up with BA. So instead of hiring CSRs or more sales, we kind of scaled on a BA perspective. And that's where my love for this industry, kind of, you know, the BPO industry, whatever you want to call it, the VA industry um, came into play. Um, processes is my jam in sales and marketing. So I, I was doing what I love on a single you know every single day I was just doing what I love so that's kind of how everything came to play it was just you know falling in love with the industry and then you know creating a path for myself that gave me the experience that I needed in order to get where I am today now I never thought of, of owning a business uh, I've always been like a team player so I'm like ah, entrepreneurship like the risk not really for me uh, but, you know, when I decided to leave <clears throat> a year and a half ago, um, I, you know, got into conversations with a couple people I knew and um, Troy, who's my partner, uh, he's been an advocate for a very long time, a mentor for a very long time. I don't know who mentor who, like we, we have grown each other, you know, from each other and we have grown each other businesses a lot, but um you know, I became part of their family. He became part of my family. Uh, and we decided to do this together for agents uh, that were experiencing the same pain points that we were experiencing. Um, so we're not an IT company. That's not what I do. Um, 
but we definitely are very technical oriented and we want to help agents grow in ways that they don't seem that they don't think that it's possible um and that's how everything came to to play it's 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 been a great journey so far and i love our industry i just love it okay so hearing this back i love learning about people's stories because it's not something I would have pictured for you as I get to know you and different things. So it's so nice to like hear the truth and how it all came about. Um, so you said that the idea of really working to open a virtual assistant, you know, company agency that helps place VAs in businesses came about because you guys use that as part of your business plan to scale your agency and it worked really, really well. And I think a lot of people are starting to see that this is an option and it's still a little bit scary. It's still a little bit kind of, you know, well, how would this work? And it's not traditional. And so it takes time for some people to um, open their arms to change and different ways of doing things. So yeah. you two sat down and said, okay, well, we see a need for this and we love our industry and we can niche down into this industry and really help other insurance agents find the right VAs and help with placement and make sure that our VAs are happy and we can grow and recruit more VAs and everything. Talk to me about that conversation and how that kind of became a thing. Yeah, it became a thing out of um, maybe disappointment, you will say, because um, you know, just like everybody else, there is so much frustration, right? There is a lot of frustration around not having enough hours to go and, you know, go to my daughter's recital or going to, you know, uh, on the weekends, like my phone rings all the time. I can't disconnect, you know, work has become my identity. Like it was just a mix of so many things. It's like, you know, the, can we really afford $80,000 a year for a CSR, like it's it's all those questions, right? And how scalable is this if I need to add every year an $80,000, you know, a year person? Um, granted, you know, everyone is needed, but how they're needed might not be the same way that you thought, right? So on our industry, we are very used to work reactively, very, very used to that. Like we know that we're gonna work 12 hours a day and that's normal, but it's not, it's not normal. You, we have to actually create a change on that mentality and we have to create a change on that mindset. So I think when we were talking about it, it wasn't even about work. It was more about how exhausted we were and that we have a seven, eight and nine year olds with us, right? Like he has two, I have one. And I decided not to have any more children because I, I couldn't do to work. So for me, it's too late to have more kids. And now I'm like, well, you know, if I knew this was an option, I would have had more kids. Um, and sometimes, you know, you make decisions in life that are driven by work. So when we were talking about all of it, it's like, how are we gonna prevent this for our employees? How are we gonna you know, improve this to, for ourselves? Um, and how are we gonna actually improve the quality of new or existing 
independent agency owners. Like that, that was basically the conversation. And even though we've been working with other BA companies, we weren't truly convinced that they were the right fit for either of us, right? Because um, it was something missing, right? It was something missing. And that piece that was missing, it was the culture piece. So we decided to go and get people directly. And we kind of started fishing in a different pond just to see what were the options. So when we went and fish on a different pond, we found out that you can actually get really qualified people like while helping the global economy and helping your business create more revenue. So it kind of came to flourish that way. Um, and then we, we explore it. We said, you know, is this a model that can be a scalable? Is this a pond that we can pull from? Uh, what is the opportunity here? How reliable is it? So we tested it internally for couple months, I will say about seven months or so, uh, or eight. And then the conversation was like, I think this is working very well. I think the culture is very different. Uh, the quality of people, you know, you get people with master's degree, with PhDs um, that are costing you half of what you can pay here. Uh, so why not give it a shot? And that was it. That was pretty much it. So it was on the works for a very long time. It, it's only been effective or I guess, you know, known to the public for about seven months now or whatever. Uh, but we've been working on it for a while. And honestly, I, I really I love um, our, our competitors. They all have something very unique. Um, they all very unique on their own uh, on their own terms. They focus on different, you know. There's some that do it as a group. There's some that you know fish for a diff from a different pond in regards of you know uh, language and whatnot. Um, and everybody does what they think is best, you know, for for them and and the target market that they want to reach. Um, but I learned a lot from them. Like I, I can call one of the owners of our competitors and say, hey, how's this working for you? And, you know, we have a conversation. So it is really interesting, you know, how we can all help uh, and help agencies uh, grow in a different way while still um, providing them with that trust that they need in order to open their doors um, to basically strangers, right? Because that's the biggest um, objection is like, how's the culture going to be affected? Or, you know, is this secured enough um, or whatnot? So that was that was the conversation, how it came to be um, and where, where it is now. Okay, so a couple things. I love that you talked about some of the problems that you were facing or the agency was facing as a business, you know, how much time and effort and energy it takes for recruitment and just not having the tools or the knowledge on how to recruit properly or effectively, the budget of having to add employees on and how do you get, you know, more budget to keep scaling that and hire more and more people. And also really thinking about what's the problem and how can we, or have we figured out a solution? And that's how, you know, the plant, the seed was planted to grow this idea into 
what it's becoming and has become so far. I talk about that all the time when it comes to branding, when it comes to what do you do, talk about your, you know, what problem do you solve for people? Because that's what's important to them. Me as a business owner, I have gone to some of the bigger, you know, maybe insurance industry niched VA services and companies. I've gone to companies that do VA, regardless of industry, different things. And I've never found, you know, a company that maybe I felt understood my needs or understood me or that I vibed with or that I jammed with. Right. And I definitely think that's happened between us. And I really feel like it is just, you know, it's been seven months, like you're saying, but I'm going to put my own twist to it is it's almost like a boutique style agency helping, you know, us on a personal level, because we've also had conversations and I had a lot of questions. One of the questions I had, well, what, what do the VAs do? So tell us a little bit about like, what are some of the tasks that your VAs do? Because a lot of people don't know how much they can actually do and take off your plate in your business. Yeah, I think there is a big misconception when they hear the uh, word VA because they feel that this is uh, maybe a worker that is not capable enough or that, you know, it's just there to be task-based or um, that doesn't have the brain or the qualification to understand or manage projects or anything like that. So trying to break that misconception a little bit, because like I mentioned, you know, we even hire people with PhDs, right? So these are people that have graduated from college that has either a bachelor's, a master or a PhD that has done a internship on a fortune 500 or, you know, fortune 5,000 company. And that has a 3.5 or more GPA from a very well-known university or various universities we have three contracts with three different universities um, where we you know hire our people from and uh, we get the best of the best Um, you know the fact is that where we fish from there is 5,000 graduates a year just from the business school and there is only 200 jobs available for 5,000 people So when you're providing, you know, the type of work that we are providing, the type of opportunity that we are providing, you only get the best of the best. So what do they do? They do anything from, you know, let's say, let's start on the agency owner's perspective. They do anything from accounting. They do anything from executive admin work. They do anything from, you know, managing the entire marketing for the entire agency that could be, you know, managing your social media campaigns. And I have to kind of break it down because it's not just social media, right? Like they can handle your campaigns. They they can handle your CRM. They can handle your hotspot. If you work with hotspot or any other type of marketing uh, campaign management system that you use, you know, agency revolution, whatever it is that you have. Um, they can also, you know, manage your reconciliation of commissions, um, which is a, a very big task within the accounting within the agency, you know. <laughs> yeah, some people just want to shoot themselves with that. Um, <laughs> um, you know, they can also uh, manage your calendar, set your appointments, uh, manage your household. Like we have some that say, hey, I just want them to manage my household. 
I want them to pay my bills, you know, manage that. I want them to make sure that I have date night. I want them to make sure that my daycare is taken care of. So for, even from a personal perspective, they can do a lot of that. Now, from the agency standpoint, um, you know, they can manage any type of sales process, right? They can, they can be on the phones, they can take information, they can put that information on your CRM, they can enter it into quotes, they can do a court forms, they can do any of that stuff. On the back end, they can do submissions, they can do payments, they can, you know, create, you know, two A's and LPRs for the sales rep to sign. Um, they can do all type of documentation and send, send thank you cards. Like if you have a, you know, a, a system like Rocket Referrals or Thanks.io or stuff like that, like they can manage that entire process. Um, from a sales, from a services standpoint, you know, they cannot take phone calls and advise clients on what coverage is because that's that's our job. That's our licensed job, right? But they can do a COI and send it to the CSR for signature. They can, you know, make sure that the endorsement went through or that endorsement was made. They can actually reconciliate your renewal list. They can do a lot. They can do a lot. And I think when we are talking about, you know, uh, placing a VA or, or people talk about VAs within this industry, they only think that, you know, the VA can do just, you know, some sort of paperwork or behind the scenes stuff that it's not, not too, too relevant. But the impact that they can have on the business is huge from a capacity perspective, right? So if you can knock off two hours a week from commission reconciliation, that's two hours that you have for prospecting and networking, which is your job. You know, you should be working on the business, not in the technical field of the business. Um, so there is a lot, a lot that they can do. Uh, but those some, some are the, I guess, of the tasks that um, I try to push for a lot because those are the tasks that make the biggest difference in an agency. But there is so much more. Like we have like a three pager that I, we can go through. Um, and from a commercial standpoint, um, you know, I didn't talk very, very, very deep into commercial, but, you know, just the renewal accords uh, on a commercial account and, you know, preparing that presentation for your commercial, your, your bigger commercial accounts, uh, you know, that mean if you use PowerPoint or you use any type of other system that, you know, helps you, um, you know, if you if you focus on workers' compensation with the mod, you know, the mod planning or anything like that, um, they be, if they become efficient enough, they can definitely help you with all those models in in the analytics of your book and your the analytics of your clients. Um, so there is a lot, a lot that can be done. Okay, so anyone listening who's not in the industry, um, there was a lot of like technical words and different things about the things that we have to worry about. This is why you pay good premium though, everyone. So, <laughs> but, you know, in any business, there's going to be all kinds of operations, back end, front end things that your clients may not even know about, you know, but you need to figure out as the CEO and the leader in your business, how all of this comes together, how all these pieces all the processes, how to be more efficient, how to even save one hour a week, right? And how to take the people that are the licensed, the top sales, the ones that are really helping move the needle in your business. And how do you take more away from them 
and make things more efficient so that they can, again, start achieving higher and more and better and begin scaling. And it gets me really excited when you start talking about some of these things, because I'm like, okay, we need that. We need that. We need that. Like (laughs) if we could have someone help us with a lot of the busy work, a lot of the boring, mundane, just recurring stuff that frankly, at some point you just get so bored of doing and it's burned you out and you procrastinate, you put on the back end or, you know, and then problems start happening and things start piling up. Um, The next question that I immediately have is how do these people get trained? Yeah. So um, we have a training. I mean, of course, you know, I've been focusing on talking insurance because that's my niche. That's what I do best. Um, But before I answer that question, you know, we also help realtors, mortgage lenders, and we have construction companies. And let me tell you how big this has been within the construction company, especially now that there is a shortage on not just materials, but also on personnel and contractors. You know, we have BAs placed within the construction company that are confirming that, you know, the uh, materials are arriving on time, that the contractor is going to be there on time, um, that, you know, the project, they're managing projects to make sure that, you know, the delivery of a specific project, um, it's on time and whatnot. So this is not just to the insurance industry, it's something that has flourished and something more global than that, which we did not expect it. But I mean, the laundry list of items is we can go forever. Um, now, in regards of your question, um, I think what has helped us, it's that we come with over 25, 30 years combined of experience, um, not just in the insurance industry, but others too. And we have found a really, really good group of people that have had experience in Fortune 500 companies that it's helping with the operation and that they have like an A++ excellent rating on customer service and sales. So we do have a training university within our uh, BA company. And when what, what we do is when we decide to hire these individuals, um, we put them to the training related to the industry that they want to focus on. Now, the important thing to understand is that these are not 1099 employees for us. Like they get benefits just like any other employee. So these are long-term careers for them, right? So we want to make sure that the time and the, the money and the training that we're investing in them it's long-term. So we put them, you know, if they apply to work within the insurance industry, we put them through the insurance university. If they want to work in the construction industry, we put them to the construction industry university. And we have different modules and we keep building modules every day based on the different training aspects and better, um, I will say just better practices that we continue to collect based on how we are helping the different clients that we have and what we have learned uh, the long time. Now, I do want to make the clarification that not because they are trained in certain aspects of the business, they're gonna be completely up and running the first day you hire them. Every business is different and they have to learn your business. 
So they might come with the technical skills necessary in order to succeed on the role that they're going to be performing. But there is always a learning curve because they are in a new business and that's your business. Um, so it's always a, very, a little bit of, a, I will say, you know, uh, a training kind of period where they're going to be spending a lot of time with you and you do have to invest your time in them as well just like if you were hiring someone internally um, now usually that period is a lot shorter for us than it is for others um, because of you know the scope of knowledge that we already have within the industry um, or at least the insurance industry per se um, but you know there is always that 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 training uh, period that they need to go through besides of what they go internally. Okay, and also I'm sure that it depends on how well the business owner has their processes and procedures and all those things in place, yes. and what <laughs> that onboarding system looks like. I mean, it's going to be the same for when you're hiring, like you said, somebody right. in person. Um, okay, and then what are some of the ways that this individual is managed? Are they considered your, I know they're not your employee because they're employed under you technically, but like if there needs to be some corrective things or if there needs to be some management things schedule-wise, whatever, is it conversations with them? Is it conversations through you? Does it depend on how all that gets developed? Yep. So what's our, what, that's what the cultural piece is, right? Like a lot of um, other VA companies, you have like five different layers you have to go through in order to get to the person, right? So here, um, yes, we're, they are our employee, but they're just, just your, your employee as they're ours, right? So let's say, you know, you're the agency owner, but they're going to be working under the service department, whoever the team lead is for the service department, that's where the word they report to. And if you have anything directly to teach them on, correct them on, that's, you can have that direct communication with them, no matter what. Now we do check-ins as well. So you get to check in with them in, in, in upper management within our you know, organization as well um, to make sure that everything, you know, it's going to your liking, reporting and all that sort. But they're your people. They're your employee. They're part of your culture. They need to have a direct link and communication to you in order to succeed. And that's where the cultural piece that we felt we were missing, that's where we implemented it. Um, we wanted to make sure that they felt part of the company and not just like a add-on to the company, right? So when you have someone, right, like is working remotely, and I think we all learned this through COVID and everything we went through with the pandemic, when you have someone that can connect with you, that has a direct link to you, that feels part of the organization, accountability increases. And by increasing accountability, you increase revenue, you increase, pro you increase profitability, um, and also they feel more in tune with what your goals are, and they want to make sure that you reach those goals. So we kind of like caught the middleman, and we just kind of, you know, say we're aware of everything that is going on, but you have total, you know, total control over how that person's trained, when they're trained, how they communicate with your team, 
how involved you want them to be because they want you and we want them to feel you are one, right? So that's kind of how we operate. Okay, so a couple things. You're going to help me hire and recruit someone for my business. Then if they don't work out, you're going to fire them. You're going to then find me a replacement and I don't have to pay employee tax. <laughs> so it sounds a little too good to be true, right? But here are some of the benefits, right? Um, and then I had another question or something that I wanted to talk about when it comes to that. And I definitely think that first of all, you know, being really good at communication is key yeah. in any business. And it's going to have to happen a lot in the beginning, just like you're going to hire anybody. Um, but I love that you said, you know, the company culture, making sure they feel like they're part of the team, understanding what your business vision is and the goals and why you guys are doing what you're doing. One of the other things that I know just in our industry too, and many probably industries is we have access to a lot of personal information, security measures, stuff like that. So how does that work with your business as a business owner and a partner in this in mm -hmm. making sure you protect yourself by giving us people who then have access to all this personal secure information? How does that work in regards to like your liability in this situation? And then, um, you know, do you, did you guys just like come up with certain contracts? How does that flow go when it comes to they're technically your employee, but they have access to all our stuff and, and how yeah. that gets managed? Yeah. So we definitely have, you know, all the ENO, all the cyber liability security. Uh, we have about three levels of VPN and whatnot that we use internally. Plus, we monitor all their activity um, that they do on day in and day out. Like we can log in at any time, at any desktop remotely uh, and make sure that they are, you know, doing what they need to do. So from that end, um, it's just like, you know, I'm in Massachusetts. Our main office is in Minnesota and I am a remote employee. So it is the same. It is the same that it's for me that it is for them, right? So from that standpoint, we have everything in place that protects us as a company, um, especially with you know, the remote work environment right now that I think become the same for everybody. Um, now, them having access to your, you know, to your clientele, um, we don't ask you to provide us with access they actually become part of your team, right? So you create that access for them. So if in any case that anything is done incorrectly, you can shut down that access immediately. What we recommend, uh, you know, and what we have done at least on the independent agencies uh, that we have, we do add them into our ENO policy individually, their names, you know, everything. Um, so you kind of have two levels of protection there, uh, but they basically, you own their access. Um, you don't give our company access. You, they have access through your specific systems. So it's easier to shut it down. Um, they, you, you know, we don't linger with that access anywhere. Um, we provide with reports on a monthly basis of their entire activity. Um, so that's one way that you can, you can see how, what is happening when it's happening, um, you know, what are they spending their time on and 
what is being accessed um, at any given time and for how long and whatnot. So from that standpoint, um, I know because it's other, you know, it's another country, it, you know, it's a little bit nerve breaking, but it's no different than having someone remotely working in Florida or California or anywhere else. It's basically the same practice. Okay, so talk to me about this reporting activity. That's interesting to me in, re in regards yeah. to you saying you guys track this. So tell me how you guys track that and like what kind of things, I mean, you yeah. said we could see what they're doing every day, all day, which is amazing yeah. because I love data because then I can make decisions, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's yeah. great. So like I mentioned, you know, in comparison to some of our competitors, we're not an IT company. Um, one differentiator, we do contract a third party in order to do that for us versus some of, you know, other VA companies, they're actually building this technology in order to track all of it. So we already went with something that already exists and that we know it's really good. But, you know, some of the examples are, you know, I can go into Cassidy's computer, right? And I go into Cassidy's profile. And I can select, you know, tell me uh, the activity for this week. So I select a date and then I, I, I click there and I, it can tell me, you know, um, how much time did Cassidy spend on Facebook? How much time did Cassidy spend on Google My Business? How much time Cassidy spent on Travelers, on, you know, Liberty Mutual? Or how much time, you know, Cassidy spent um, idle? In, in you know her computer was idle for you know maybe three hours this week or whatever um so we can see all of that uh we can right like we can see where where the capacity increases when did they they maybe have some times in order to improve their productivity um so you can see all that data um and we can we can run it. I mean, we don't have the capability of running it day to day. Like I'm not sitting there running 40 people on a day to day. Um, but you know, on a monthly basis where we have our IT person uh, that provides us with reporting on all of that. Because we want to make sure, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, we do have some people that work from home, but we do, ha we, we have most of our personnel in the office too. So there is no time wasted. Um, um, you know, they do have, you know, their happy hours and, you know, it's a, it's a whole company culture too. Um, and we are not, you know, we're not saying like, you have to work 12 hours a day. Like that's not, that's not it. But we need to make sure that we're providing with enough um, data and information to our clients so that they trust that our people um, is doing the best that they can on a daily basis, right? Because it's all about building that base, that trust. And from there, you know, we kind of start creating um, KPIs and all of that to make sure that you know when it's time for you to scale, right? Because when you reach a certain capacity within a person, then, you know, if this person is doing X amount of tasks in X amount of time, and now that amount of tasks double, that means that this person is not going to have enough capacity to perform to the quality that you need them to. So it's time to add another person. So we kind of help with that too, because in our industry, that hasn't been a thing. You know, we all talk about, I don't have enough hours or I don't have enough time, but we really don't know what that means. 
Um, so we kind of make sure that we're tracking all of that to provide you with kind of like an understanding uh, when and how you need to scale to. Okay. I love that. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, again, as a client, you're going to want to be able to know that you're getting what you're paying for, that this person's not just twiddling their thumbs because you can't see them. Right? right. That's one of the things that it's hard when you can't actually see what somebody's physically doing. And then when you have the data also, maybe it's not just about the capacity, but it's like, well, what is taking as much of most of your time? What am I paying a lot of money for that you're doing? And is this something we can automate instead? Is this something that is not bringing us a return? Is this something that maybe we can shift or change around? And you won't know that unless you're collecting data, right? And so it's a lot less about understanding your numbers than it is about micromanaging. So I love this topic. Thank you so much for coming and giving us some insight and letting us know a little bit about this side of the industry and the different services you can provide. Tell everybody where they can find you. I'm everywhere. Uh, they can find me on Instagram. Um, you know, you can go to uh, Savital on Instagram. That's S-A-V-V-I-T-A-L. And just so you know, Savital is the name combined of being savvy and vital. So that's where the name kind of, you know, perch. It, it, was, it was really interesting coming up with it. Uh, you can also find me on uh, LinkedIn. That's where I live, like breathe. That's I'm there all the time. So if you want to connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn all day, every day. Awesome. I'm obviously going to be linking all the ways to access you and your information below in the show notes. And I had such a pleasure getting to know you in person this last weekend. I knew you were one of my people when we had our first phone call talking about VA services for my agency, but also we had so much fun and it's amazing to meet people in person and make friends online and then realize they're so much better when you get to meet them in person. So I'm sure we will be hanging out hopefully soon again in person again. And just thank you so much for bringing something that's vital and important to our industry and everyone else's industry, I'm sure. And I'm really excited to see your journey and how you grow and how that's all going to pan out. So Well, I am very excited to see yours too. You know, you are doing amazing things. You're doing great things. So don't, don't uh, sell yourself short (laughs) because you are pretty amazing. So thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. Once again, we have listened and we have heard you. We are so excited to announce that we started a monthly membership for fierce and ambitious female insurance agency owners called The Collective. We get together monthly to collectively mastermind and go through different topics about our business and lives and the things that we might struggle with. And so creating that safe space for women to come together and directly share our experiences, learn, engage, and support each other as we grow our business. This is a really low investment to be able to get hot seat coaching from me as well as tap into all the minds of women that are doing amazing things in the insurance industry. The biggest reason why you want to be here is because I want you to have a voice. I want you to be heard and I want you to be seen. So come find out more about joining the collective. It is $49 a month. I promise you the value that is in this membership and this group is going to be off the charts. We will have a link in the show notes below for you to find out more.